Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And with me, as usual, my co-host from Brisbane, Australia, Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. As a special gift to all our listeners, pop along to www.excellencepodcast.com. That's excellencepodcast.com and download your free 48-page ebook called Building Excellence, Ideas to Help You on Your Journey to Creating Excellence in Your Business and Your Life. And today we are joined by Dr. Heather Williamson, all the way from Richmond, Virginia in the United States. Uh, Heather is a best-selling author, executive coach, leadership specialist. Welcome, Heather. Thank you, Lindsay and Raul. I very much appreciate being uh, your guest today. So, Heather, you've uh, you've written a book uh, called Magnetic Trust, and it's all about trust in, in the leadership sense. Um, how important is it to for employees to be able to trust their boss? It is very important, and the reason I say that is. Um, I wrote this book actually it was based on my dissertation and my own personal experience. And I've had two bosses in my lifetime that have been horrible. And so my, when I wrote this book, I had the mindset of, you know, I want to create something that is fun to read, not too long where they're just not going to read it. And also that is going to be relevant and actionable. So bosses know how not to be a jerk boss to their employees. Okay. So, so, I mean, you, you wrote to me earlier on and you, you gave me a bit more of a background to that. And that was that, that you, you were betrayed by a boss who gave, who credited your work to someone else. Right. And and how that sort of changed your whole mindset and, and how, that one incident caused you not to trust them. Right. Okay? And and so how far down the the, the 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 lack of trust do you have to go? Is it almost instantaneous? What's your, you know, you've written this book called Magnetic Trust. How how quickly can we lose trust? And then the converse is how do we gain the trust back? Or can we gain it back? Um well we can lose trust pretty quickly. And that is um, especially to a degree. So you can maybe um, play favorites with an employee where you've got a boss who, in my instance, um, actually gave credit for a project to somebody else rather than me who actually did it. And so at that point, in my mind, I just felt betrayed and questioned the level of trust if it would ever exist again. And I know that, you know, that boss, you know, we're still friends to this day. I eventually moved on to a different uh, territory within the company. I I, I left her. Um, And it happened again with another boss in a totally different industry where for some reason he didn't like me and I don't know why, but he just... (laughs) You know, he, I think he uh, felt threatened to a level of degree to, you know, I had great relationships with my direct reports. I 
was great at delegating and he just felt threatened and thought I delegated too much. And it just became a really big issue. And um, he just kept trying to keep moving me further and further away from uh, the level of office space, you know, pushing me outside the office to a different building completely. And also uh, I eventually did not have any direct reports. And so you know, these behaviors, for whatever reason, I mean, it could be ego, it could be feeling threatened, or it could be just you don't trust that somebody else is going to do the job as well as you and, and, and you play favorites. It, it just is, if you don't, um, the level of trust can really kill that working relationship. And in the end, that employee, and it's probably going to be a really high performing employee because they know they can have other opportunities. And they're going to eventually leave the organization. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I, um, you know, when you the breakdown of trust between a, a leader and and their employees. So, how do you, how can you hold your employees accountable for their for their performance? Uh, you know, if if you do or don't have trust, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic there, isn't there? How do you how it, do you hold them accountable? Um. Well, you can still hold them accountable, but you have to treat everybody the same. Um, you also have to be transparent. So when you are setting expectations, communication is key, right? So when you're setting expectations, everybody is set to that same level of um, expectation when it comes to uh, work ethic. I mean, the expectation is you're going to get the job done that I'm paying you to do, right? And you're going to be a team player. Um, predictability is important as well. So you can't have one set of rules for another, for one employee, and a different set of rules for another employee. Ah, of course. You know, so whether it's taking time off or policies and procedures, you've got to be consistent. And when you're not consistent, the employees see that and they start seeing that hey, Bob is treated differently than I'm treated. You know, Bob is allowed to just turn in mediocre work. However, I get fussed at if I do that and the expectations are higher. So you mentioned something in there about policies and procedures. Now, a lot of work has been done and I've been, and, and I've been interviewing companies around the world and, and a lot of the 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 culturally successful companies have have got policies and procedures but they're not totally articulated down to which shoe you put on first in the morning you know at that level you mm-hmm. know um, how much of that the, the dedication to something like policies and procedures actually erodes trust in in other words you know how much of it is so defined that the staff say, well, we don't actually have any responsibility and we, the boss doesn't trust us. So I'm going the other way around now and saying the boss doesn't trust us because they've tied us up in policies and procedures. You know, how, how important is that flexibility in an organization to creating trust? Well, I think that employees should know what the policies and procedures are. So they should know how to get uh, access to them if there are questions. And once you know kind of where they are on the, in the, on the website or, you know, internal documents, things like that, and even policies and procedures can even be 
hey, I expect you here at work at 8 a.m. And, you know, you're leaving at 5 a.m. I mean, 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. <laughs> and not 5 a.m. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the issue is, is that um, when it comes to setting these policies and procedures for a, a cohesive working team, right, that everybody has to be held to the same standards. And, um, and I think that once you communicate those and then you use the active listening skills or some kind of, of way that you can go back and say, hey, are, is everybody clear on what we are wanting? You know, what the policies and procedures are for this, for this uh, project or whether it's, you know, uni- uh, I want to say university-wide, but company-wide, anything like that. And then I think that if we do that, and they are upfront and easily accessible. I think the the boss should be able to, you know, let go and not micromanage. You know, okay, you know so, where the resources are. So now we're living in a you know a virtual world. Um, a lot of our uh, organizations have got staff working from home still. Uh, and and it would appear that that's going to be the way of the future for a long time to come. Um, yeah. How do we how do we create a positive experience and and I guess establish trust and uh, and bring that into the relationship when we bring on a new hire, for example. Mm-hmm. So when you bring on a new new hire, I think what I would do, and I recently um, uh, talked about this, uh, but what I would do is I would have an onboarding process. And the process would be, you know, welcome to the team. Everybody would get to know one, each other on the team. I would be able, I would actually pinpoint one or two people within the, the team to, to be that contact person for questions and answering and the whole onboarding process of finding things where they are, you know, within the company um, business. And then also um, I would even set up a mentor outside of that department. So there, you know, you, you can have that opportunity to be able to ask questions and, and help that person move in the direction where they need to go and have uh, consistent meetings where the everybody is involved, you know, whether it's a weekly meeting or every other week, every the other week, but, you know, share what's going on you know, where we are, um, what everybody is working on. And so this person gets to be able to be familiar with what their responsibilities are and, you know, how the rest of the team is doing. I mean, so the, the challenge in the new world, and, and, I, and I use that term pretty loosely, um, a previous interview of ours, the, the person who interviewing said the new world is almost the old world now because we've got used to using this new world term. Um, when you're working in this virtual environment, I mean, you know, you're hiring and firing basically over a computer screen now. Um, how has that, that changed the way managers and leaders need to to get to know staff because you can't, you know, sidle up to them and sit at their desk and have a chat over a coffee at the water cooler. Um, now, in Australia, the, the pandemic has, has 
has has has come and gone, so to speak, in Australia at this point, and offices are operating fairly well, mm-hmm. back to normal, etc. You know, mm-hmm. we're we, we're still having face to face meetings where I think the rest of the world are still very much virtual. So, so how in 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 your world in the US is that? Is that hiring and firing over a screen impacting the way managers have to work? Well, I will tell you this: it's you have to be a lot more intentional, and there's a lot more effort put into making sure that you are staying in contact with your people. There, there is, um, and I know I was working with a client, and she was struggling because. It, this was right in the beginning of the of the whole COVID mess, and everybody went home working remotely. And we talked about it, and I'm like, "You've got you've got to to touch base with your people, whether it's um, for her because of her industry and what she was doing." I said, "They need to report to you by the end of every day because it was time sensitive stuff that she was doing on you know where they are on each individual project or." Um, item, the tasks that they were working on. But I think depending on the industry and the the workload, there is a whole lot more effort into staying on top of people. And I don't mean staying on top of people in a micromanagement way, but you have to make yourself available to be a resource. And I've got one former client, he's like, oh my God, I'm in Zoom hell. And I understand it because I mean, you are always, this is like- We're all in Zoom hell. (laughs) (laughs) because that's it's always meeting after meeting after meeting but you still got to get the work done right and um so you you've got to be a lot more structured so whether it's you know eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning first thing we're going to do is get the team together virtually and and touch base and and you tell me where you are then you'll have your individual you know one-on-one sessions um but i think when it comes to to firing, um, I mean, you've, you're not going to fire somebody, at least here in the U.S., without documentation. Sure. And so there would be that that documentation of, hey, we've met, she's com- you know committed to um, these specific action steps that weren't met within the designated time frame. I mean, there would be documentation. So, Heather, you've got a lot of leadership experience and, um, you know, you, you've just sort of, touched on one of the challenges that managers would face but if you're a new if you're new to the game what are what are some tips for a new manager uh, in terms of the the challenges they might face as a leader for new managers yeah I, I think the biggest challenge for them is believing in themselves because they're new to their role and they are going to think that they have to know everything because you know they got hired to be a manager. So my team is expecting me to have all the answers. But I think that being authentic and saying, hey, guys, I have not come across this, I but I don't know, but I will get back to you. And then you actually do what you say you're going to do. And uh, empowering and delegating is really important. I think because you're also a new manager, there's that tendency to, well, I'm not really sure about what my people's skill sets are really, their capabilities, um, their knowledge, or I might just, I know I can do it better. I'm just going to do it myself. And so you'll tend to micromanage and that 
is you're never going to be successful because leading a team, you cannot micromanage if you're going to actually lead a team effectively. And so you've got to be able to learn how to do it, whether it's in small doses, like, you know, one task at a time where you feel comfortable that they are going to do what you need them to do and be clear about it, you know, communicate effectively. Um, and, and so this, this trust relationship, you know, how does what they, what the employees you said, you know, meet up with every morning at nine o'clock and, you know, just check in. And I know a lot of bosses were doing that when the pandemic hit, they were having sort of little, you know, if, if we want to talk of the technology of it, the agile methodology, the agile project management methodology, which is your stand up meeting in the morning, which is now a zoom meeting. Right. And they were having that just to check in on the team in the morning. But how do you, when you're not seeing people face to face, how do you know what they're not telling you? You know, you're only seeing, you're, you're seeing them neck up. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're not seeing the rest of the body language. You know, how do you get employees to communicate the rest of their story to you as a boss? And how do you build that relationship? Because why is it, well, and why is it important that the employees tell you that stuff? It's important for them to tell you these things when they have challenges or concerns, because if you don't, then they're going to be, the boss is going to be behind the eight ball because things aren't, you know, dates aren't going to be met. um, Tasks aren't going to be uh, met either, or quality of work is not going to be what it should be. But to have that level of trust, it's the boss's responsibility to build those relationships and building those relationships relationships means that you are going to be able to, um, if something is not done right, you know, don't blame them because you're the boss. It falls on your shoulders. So either they weren't given enough uh, time frame, or they're overloaded and can't get it done or your um, explanation or expectations were not clear, you know, whatever the issue is, it's um, also being transparent. So when you're transparent, you're kind of sharing what's going on and you're letting the employee know, hey, you know, I've got this deadline to meet. I need your help in um, helping us achieve it. And you're not, you know, you're building the relationships. You know, it comes back to the old saying, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. And just because you're a boss doesn't mean that you have to be a jerk about it. I mean, you don't want to be treated that way. So it's, it's getting people to really understand who you are and, you know, and if you go in with the mindset and the actions of, Hey, I'm here to help you. Let me know how I can do that, you know, help you in your job so you can be better or get what you need done when you ask questions like that, you're making yourself um, vulnerable and your people see that. And then they start trusting that, hey, if I tell you I do need help, you're not going to think that I'm um, not good at what I'm doing or, you know, I want this promotion down the road. So I'm kind of busting my butt and working long hours. And I'm not going to tell you I need help because I don't want you to think that I can't do it. You know, it's all those kind of things. But um- it is, it has that culture gone of of get to work before the boss and leave after the boss, particularly in the in the Zoom 
you know, online environment. You know, th th there's there were many organizations where pretty much if you didn't get there two minutes before the boss and leave 10 minutes after the boss, you weren't seeing as being on the management track. Yeah, I know. I know. I used to work for a company like that. <laughs> um, I think now the the really the focus should not be about, you know, when you're working. The really focus should be what is the output that you're giving? You know, what are the results that you're achieving? And if you're achieving the results, especially people who are working from home and they've got kids or they've got um, other family members living in the house that now they're taking care of because they are working from home, um, there's a lot more challenges. And if the focus changes to the results and if you are meeting or exceeding those results, that's where the attention should be. Heather, <clears throat> excuse me, I just had a coughing fit off, <clears throat> off microphone, so I'm a bit scratchy all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, Heather, you've, you've written the book Magnetic Trust. If people wanted to get a hold of your book or get in touch with you, where would they do that? Well, the book is on Amazon, so you can find it under my name, Dr. Heather Williamson. And you can also find me at my, I've got a website, which is transformationgroupllc.com. I also have a YouTube channel called Dr. Heather Williamson, where I actually share leadership tips and strategies twice a week on, you know, how you can be a better boss. And uh, also directly, you can just Dr. Heather at transformationgroupllc.com. Perfect. Thank you very much, Heather. Thank you for sharing with us and bringing us closer to magnetic trust and 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 pulling us in which is which is what magnetic trust is all about thank you for being our guest today on the business excellence podcast thank you to my co-host lindsay adams this is rail bricker signing off for another edition with a reminder to pop along to www.excellencepodcast.com where you can download a number of free resources to help you on your journey to excellence in both business and in life.